All right, Alexander, let's talk about the election results in Slovakia. The Smer party led by Robert Fico, and I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Um, they came out on top, but they don't have a majority. This was expected. No one was expecting them to have uh, a majority anyway, but uh, they did end up with around 24%. And now they have to form a parliament. They have to form a coalition. Sorry, they have to form a coalition to govern. And um, the panic is setting in throughout the collective West because Robert Fitchso, he has openly said that uh, Slovakia will not will not send any more money and any more weapons to Ukraine. Actually, that was his campaign slogan pretty much was no more weapons and money to uh, to Ukraine. And I think this is significant. I think this is a big deal, even though Slovakia is a small country. Um, there are many analysts who say that it's not really that important if they're not going to provide weapons and money to Ukraine because they've already been pretty much demilitarized. They've already provided whatever they can provide, so they really don't have much more to give. I, 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 I can see their point of view, but um, I think it's significant from the standpoint of, of the fracturing of EU solidarity. You had Hungary, and Hungary was the only country that was uh, that was saying no more weapons, no more money to Ukraine. We need a ceasefire. We need peace. We need this to end. We've gone from one now to two, if if they can form a government, from one to two, and um, you have Poland as well, who's always supportive of Ukraine, Project Ukraine, and they have an election in two three weeks, and you can see the Law and Justice Party there. They're distancing themselves from uh, Zelensky and from Ukraine because the public opinion in Poland, I believe the majority of the people in Poland want this conflict to, to wind down as well. Anyway, your thoughts on a big election in, uh, in Slovakia? I think it's a very consequential election indeed, actually. Now, I mean, Robert Fico has been around for a very long time. He leads what is today called the Social Democratic Party, and it is that. I mean, it is as close an approximation to the Social Democratic tradition as you're going to find anywhere in Europe nowadays. I mean, it's a more welfareist, more Eurosceptical party. As you know, once upon a time, social democratic parties also used to be across Europe. And of course, it's, it's got, to some extent, its roots in the old Communist Party of Czechoslovakia. It, it, it originated, it originally grew out of, it was originally a breakaway from that party after the fall, the collapse of the Soviet Union and the collapse of communism. But it is perhaps what you might call an old-style leftist party. I mean, not, not the kind of leftism we've become used to um, in the West, you know, with its focus on um, identity and social issues. It's more like social democratic parties used to be. Of course, it's also... There's also always been these allegations of corruption and authoritarianism. I'm not going to waste time discussing them in this programme. The fact is that being a sort of old-style leftist, almost by definition, is going to make the European elite deeply mistrustful of somebody like Fizzo. And Fizzo, very typically, has the kind of attitudes that people like 
That used to have. So he is not interested in hostility to Russia at all. He is against, uh, um, you know, the war in Ukraine. In this, he's already said that he wants. He's going to work hard to make for peace in Ukraine. He's going to push relentlessly to get negotiations going. As prime minister, he's going to stop all further economic and military aid to Ukraine. Undoubtedly, these are the issues which helped to win him the election. And he's won the election on these issues. And I suspect that they do represent his actual beliefs. Moreover, I think more likely than not, he will succeed in forming a government, a government with a majority in the parliament. Um, the party that came third... And I should say came third with 15% of the vote. The Liberal Party, the Progressive Party, the pro-Western, pro-Atlanticist, pro-EU party that had previously been the government, it got 18%. So this third party is not that far behind the Liberal Party. This third party is another social democratic or at least in its own uh, um, claim, party. It was actually a breakaway from FICO's party. So they're very similar, and they are obvious coalition partners. And that already starts to bump up the level of support. So it's not just, you know, 24% that FICO had. He's got now, if he gets this coalition party... This, this partner, this third party, to align with him. That brings it up to 39%, and it suddenly starts to look like a much stronger majority. Remember, the opposition, the Liberals, got 18%. But there is a third, a fourth party, which is openly Russia, pro-Russian and uh, strongly supportive, uh, much more strongly supportive and uh, outspokenly supportive of Russia in this conflict than um, any of the other parties that we've discussed up to this point are. And they too are likely to go into coalition with Fizzo, in which case he has a majority, a clear majority in the Slovak parliament. And on the face of it, it looks like a solid majority. And all of this is undoubtedly a product of the war. It is, I mean, Fizzo lost power. He was prime minister before he lost power um, because of a corruption scandal. There were lots of allegations against him. For a time, he was a discredited figure. His party split, as I've just discussed. Didn't look like he would ever come back. He's been able to come back because of the stance he took over the war. And the fact that a solid, critical mass of people in Slovakia, a Slav country, remember, agree with him. So I think this is a solid win. It's a solid coalition government that he's going to form. And it's got a clear agenda. And you're absolutely correct. He and Orban are now going to work very closely together. So if you like the leader of the traditional conservative right in Europe, the old-style conservative right in Europe, 
Orban. I mean, he is in some ways also embodies the kind of conservatism that, say, the CDU once upon a time, or even more the CSU in Bavaria, once upon a time used to sort of stand for. Um, that Orban is going to link up with a sort of throwback to the old social democratic left. They both get on, they like each other, as people on different divides in European politics I can remember once did. And on Ukraine, they agree about the one same thing. So this is going to have an effect. Orban is no longer isolated in Europe. And we have very complicated and very difficult elections coming in Poland. As you absolutely rightly say, the same shift in Polish opinion is clearly underway. Um, the West has been hoping, counting very much on the victory of Donald Tusk and the civic platform, which is the pro-European party that you know they've wanted to see succeed. It doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem at the moment that they will win through. And in fact, the political energy seems to be um, increasingly, not just with law and justice, but with the other conservative right-wing nationalist party, which I believe is called the Confederation. I may be getting its name wrong. But they too are adamantly opposed to further support for Ukraine. So you can see the drift. So I can, it is entirely understandable that people in, the, in Brussels and in London and in Berlin and in Washington are extremely unhappy about these developments. So what do they do? How are they going to hit back they well, the EU they will, Brussels? Well, they're going, to, they're going to try and undermine the economies of these countries. And Slovakia does look vulnerable. It's a small place, as we've already discussed. And, of course, they will use corruption. They use corruption against, uh, successfully against Fico before. And, you know, they might have course to. But, I mean, they will use corruption to undermine him again. And they will try and weaken him by working on his coalition partners. And, of course, they will also organise the usual protests in the streets, the young people coming out um, easily swept along by the slogans that we've seen used so effectively in so many places. So that kind of campaign for destabilisation is probably going to start now and probably the plans for it are already in place. Do, do you think this works? I mean, may, maybe if Slovakia was by itself, it could work, but now it's got uh, an ally in Hungary. Yeah. And maybe it may have another ally. Maybe, I'm not betting on it, but maybe no. Poland shifts. Even a yes. slight shift in Poland yes. makes a big difference. Yes, well... I think Slovakia is probably more vulnerable because, of course, it's small. And um, as I said, there's the, the, the um, there's always the usual, you know, array of NGOs and people like that in Slovakia. So um, having said that, I think you're absolutely right. I think over time um, it's going to become increasingly difficult to pull out this sort of thing. After all, they've gone after Orban for years and he seems, if anything, to just grow stronger in the face of these attacks. 
perhaps Slovakia will follow. And you're absolutely right. The more countries break away, congregate, and start working together against this, the more difficult it becomes, if only because you have to disperse your resources. I mean, the other thing they will do, I should quickly add, is that they will, of course, use all the mechanisms of European Monetary Union to um, wield as much pressure as they can on Slovakia. And Slovakia is in the euro. So they are in a much stronger position to do that. Yeah, absolutely. If they have the euro currency, they're in trouble. Yeah. They'll, they'll take it all the way to, to shutting down ATMs. Absolutely. Shutting yeah. down the, your access yeah. to money. Absolutely. Exactly. They will do the euro... The, the European Union will, will, will do that without hesitation. Yes. Um, and I imagine we're going to probably see um, scandals, maybe oh, along yes. the lines of what they did in Austria with Kurtz. Well, we're going to see well, these types of things. Absolutely. That, that's well, that's their go to, is these types of sex scandals and, and these, yeah. Scandals. Corruption, sex was, scandals. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, scandals that we saw in Austria, scandals that we saw in the Czech Republic before the election that took place there. You know, with all kinds of uh, strange stories about you know, bombs in factories and all that kind of thing. And uh, scandals of the kind that brought Fizzo down before. So all of this, all of this bag of tricks will now be applied to Slovakia. And as I said, the plans to do it are already there. But for the moment, as I said, he has a stable coalition and a solid win. And I think this is the key thing to understand. The only reason his vote, he only got 24%, is because his party divided. But it's most likely that it's going to come together again. Yeah. All right. If, we if, will if, leave if, it if there. You, yeah. If you disregard the division, they would have won 13, almost 40% of the vote. So this is a solid win, and they have a coalition, uh, uh, a potential coalition partner uh, um, available too. A solid win based on a platform of uh, of not supporting money Ukraine. and weapons to Ukraine. I mean, that's Correct. that's the key. Correct. That was the Correct. key platform, the key, the key issue that won Correct. the election. All right. Correct. By the way, just just, right. just, just a yeah. quick quickly before we just leave this, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just to point out. I mean, about the fact that the bag of tricks is already being applied. Um, the bag of tricks is already in evidence um, on the election night because, of course, the exit poll. <laughs> suggested that, in fact, Fizzo had lost and it was the Liberal Party that had actually won. And for several hours, this was all over the media. And, of course, that wasn't true. It was completely, completely wrong. But it is a good sign that, you know, the gremlins are already working, that they're already doing the usual things with manipulating surveys and polls. And we'll be getting an awful lot more of that over the next few years, well, weeks, months. Well, the EU years. came out, yeah, the EU came out with a statement already and they, and they congratulated uh, Slovakia on the elections, but they said that the elections were, uh, were interfered with by, of course, the evil man in Moscow. Russian propaganda and media was distorted and was, was distorting the, uh, the perception of the people in Slovakia and it was overwhelmingly in favor of... Uh, so, which is interesting, given the fact that the European Union, they've pretty much blocked all types of Russian media inside the European Union. So I don't know how I don't know how Putin is getting around all the blocks to, well, to make yeah, such an he, impact he, in the election. He's a man of 
He's a man of infinite resource and extraordinary means, as we know. And, of course, we, he's against the European Union, which, as we know, has no influence, no capacity to influence anything. So, you know, it's easy for him. The EU's going to use this to censor more, you watch. Absolutely, of course they are. Yeah, yeah as they always do. All right. Uh, Thedurant.locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, Bitchute, Telegram, and Rockfin. And go to the Durant shop, 10% off. Use the code. Good day. Take care.